Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I am here, as always, with my co-hosts, Evan Hoofler and Mike Valverde. It's a turkey hangover day, folks. How are we doing today? Hungover. <laughs> turkey hungover? Yeah. As you guys know, I don't I don't drink, but... Yeah. And that... What is it? Tri- Tripotian or... Oh, it's mis- Tryptophan? Yeah, man. That hit hard. I get the... So... My wife at work, she they have chefs there and mm-hmm. for the clients and stuff. And they uh, the chef made this full blown turkey dinner for everybody. And oh my god, it was so good. Um, and big old pieces of turkey. So yeah, it, it kind of knocked <laughs> it you out. Knocked me out a little bit. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, it's it's a good reason to get knocked out. Um, Evan, how was your Thanksgiving? How'd your bird turn out? Great. Uh, I've been doing this recipe for 10 years, and I think I'm finally going to stop trying new beers for injection. Uh, I think Amber Ale is is the far and away winner. Each, each beer adds a little something. You know, last year we had a couple, we had Tropical IPA injected that was good, but man, Amber Ale just makes it, it flows together with so many other spices. So yeah, one more piece to the puzzle. Complete. Yep. Yeah, my, my recipe is not that complicated. It's just the sous vide makes people go, what is that? You know, it's just sage, rosemary, thyme. Oh, perfect. It always does. Uh, I, I, I left the thighs under the broiler for maybe 30 seconds too long, but other than that, it was perfect. But uh, yeah, uh, sage, uh, thyme, rosemary, threw some butter between the skin and the, uh, and the meat, olive oil, garlic, zipped it up. Uh, let it sit for a couple days and then cooked it in hot water for two days or for a day came out perfect. So uh, mac and cheese works great. Mashed potatoes work great. But my mashed potatoes recipe is like legendary um, in our family because it is very, very bad for you, which means it's delicious. So it was really good. Yeah. <laughs> for three. So there was only three of us. So I did three pounds of potatoes and I had uh, um, a whole stick of butter in there. Uh, half a cup of Parmesan cheese, plus more on top, plus uh, at least three quarters of a cup of heavy whipping cream. Uh, so it's, you can tell it's it's diet food basically. Um, it, but uh, but yeah, it all it, it all worked out great. And uh, I walked around last night cleaning up. Uh, I was I told my wife this morning because my brother-in-law and my wife went to bed early last night, uh, earlier than I did. I was cleaning up last night, walking around. Cleaning with one hand and had a piece of pumpkin pie in the other hand, holding it like it was a piece of pizza. Nice. Just walking around cleaning, eating pie while I was cleaning up last night. So uh, good, successful Thanksgiving. A lot smaller than I thought, uh, you know, than I wanted. But, hey, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but there's this disease floating around. It's called, like, COVID-19. It's crazy. Um, had lots of Zooms with families instead yesterday. So. COVID. Um, COVID. Yeah covid and i didn't get to watch like any football because i was doing all these zoom calls with my family and my wife's family uh i watched one this much yeah i I watched one quarter of football yesterday and then i watched the two games this morning on game pass i was like man whoo this uh this is a lot of just white noise just happening on my screen right now so we'll go over those games from yesterday only two games because uh, Baltimore and the Steelers, the Plague Bowl. Uh, since we got on this uh, recording, guys, the Steelers now have put guys on the COVID list. So the Ravens have a, uh, an outbreak of 10-plus guys. Steelers added three guys to the COVID list. This game is apparently supposed to happen on Tuesday. Um, yes, on Tuesday, 
at five o'clock. So we get Tuesday afternoon football. And then that moves the Steelers, I'm sorry, the Ravens Cowboys game that's supposed to be Thursday night football in week 13 to Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific. So a lot of shuffling around. And there's a there was talk of the Ravens potentially forfeiting this game. So if you got a Raven, if you got a Steeler, you got to pay, pay real close attention and see if your league uh, lets you do pivots. Uh, my commissioner in my home league is is gracious enough to let us do pivots. So I have Juju. Uh, my opponent has James Conner. So we're uh, we're working through that. So uh, COVID-19, boys. Fun times. So we won't be talking about Steelers Ravens because um, we talked about that on the Tuesday show. Um, but we will be reviewing that next week because uh, it didn't actually happen last night. So question for both yeah. of you guys. Do you think that uh, come playoff time that we might have a Tuesday playoff game? I was wondering about that because I was thinking about like what happens if there's a an outbreak before a playoff game. You know, there might be a Tuesday playoff game and that completely throws off the competitive balance, you know. Totally. And the way they work the playoffs and everything. Yeah. It, um, especially with the more and more teams. What do we have? Eight teams making the playoffs now. And like, um, yeah, I it, could easily see see something like that happening, especially with so many teams making the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's seven and then eight as a worst case scenario. So it's either seven or eight. But, you know, maybe they changed that three more times since I last looked. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? you know how Wait. you know how that goes. It's so crazy. Yeah, I, I think I'll just wait to see what they do when it comes to after 17 week 17 games are conclu- concluded and find out actually how many teams are in the playoffs. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Um, all right, guys, you ready to get started on the Thanksgiving games? No, no. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the game sucked sooner yesterday. Get started the sooner this season is over. That's oh, right. <laughs> so first game, the morning game yesterday, Texans 41, Lions 25. I'm not mad that I started AP last week and not this week. You're mad that I started AP last week and not this week. Um, well, you could you could be like me who started DeAndre Swift, put DeAndre Swift in there because you think, okay, there's no way there's going to be two weeks where he misses a concussion. And he was, I think even practice a little bit and forgot that the game started an hour earlier than they normally do and wake up uh, midway through the first quarter and find <laughs> out that it's Adrian Peterson carrying the ball. Ooh. Oh man. I had a similar experience. So I got up yesterday morning, I prepped the mashed potatoes, I got everything going and then I went to go take a shower and about nine 15, nine 30, give or take. And I thought the game was starting at 10, 15, 10 or 10, 15. So I get out of the shower. I'm like, okay, is this a 10 or 10, 15 game? And I look and I'm like, why are there stats? What is happening? What, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, wait, what? And it was a nine 30 game, but luckily I set my lineups tonight before I didn't have to eat a goose egg, Mike. That sounds, that sucks um, for you. But you mentioned, uh, yes, uh, Deandre Swift was inactive, as was Kenny Galladay, as was Danny Amendola, as was Jeff Okuda. So um, the uh, Lions getting blown out was kind of a a fait accompli. Kenny Stills was inactive, but guess what? Kenny Stills is no longer or will not be a Houston Texan for much longer. They are going to uh, release him so that he can latch onto a contender because his playing time has just evaporated. So um, – Injuries in this one, Marvin Jones left early with a with a leg injury. Uh, we'll have to monitor that. I didn't find any updates today, but we'll see. Um, but in this one, 
Uh, Mike, you wanted to see if uh, Deshaun Watson could be top seven. Deshaun Watson uh, played pretty great uh, yesterday, played pretty well. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he's not. Let's put it this way. He's going to be in the top seven. He'll probably finish as a QB1. um, And if he doesn't, it's going to be a QB2, at most a QB3. So it, it was one of those days. Completed 17 of 25 passes. 318 yards, four touchdowns, and even a two-point conversion. So all that together, it's you you can't tell what he's going to be because it was the first game of the week. But, uh, yeah, that, that's just like tons and tons of points for your fantasy. Just the four touchdowns alone. You don't even probably even have to look at the yards. But the four touchdowns alone probably puts him in the top five, if not top one. And then he also added 24 yards on the ground on five carries. So, he was super stud. That's right. And um, I don't want to brag, guys, but I started Deshaun Watson in a DFS lineup I did yesterday. So don't want to brag. I, I got in the top half of the 50-50. You know, I netted myself a cool uh, $1.60 profit. So Nice. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. I don't want to brag, but I'm playing the 13th ranked team in my 14-team league, and I need to win to make the playoffs. And they started Deshaun Watson. Oh. Well, Brutal. it's a good thing you didn't mean to brag because that would be a really bad brag. I'll, st- I'll uh, still pull it out though. Now that's a brag. You, but Evan, you wanted to know about Marvin Jones Jr. in this one, and if Jamal Agnew was going to exist. And I'll say no, he didn't exist. We'll we'll yeah, finish the second he, half of that question first. Yeah, it would, I'm never mentioning Spiro Agnew again. Uh, but it's it's so funny how uh, a wide receiver one going down doesn't automatically make the wide receiver two, you know, a stud. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. wasn't bad. Six catches for 48 yards. 12 targets, which was kind of frustrating for those of us who started Marvin Jones Jr. that he couldn't reel in more of those. Uh, so that's uh, that's kind of up in the air moving forward because on the one hand, he's had two okay, all right weeks, not stud weeks. But on the other hand, 12 targets. Maybe maybe he just needs to catch a few more targets. And then he's uh, – I'm, I'm rethinking this whole – Way of viewing what happens when the wide receiver one goes down. Or maybe, maybe Kenny Galladay will actually play a game for me. Yeah, he, he'll never play again. He's retired from the NFL. He's no longer my boyfriend. That's fair enough. That's yeah, more than you fair. You always break up with him before the holidays, and I had to. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, things that we didn't choose to talk about. I mentioned at the top, AP, 15 carries, 55 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, very frustrating for people who used him in the good matchup against the Panthers and then said, well, he can't even beat good matchups like the Texans are. So I'm going to bench him this weekend. Well, that happened. Uh, Duke Johnson, nine for 37 on the ground, uh, three for 43, had a 33 yard touchdown catch. Uh, Duke Johnson's not good. Um, I mean, that that became abundantly clear yesterday. And uh, I think the Texans agree because they got down within the five and CJ Procise had two cracks at the touchdown before uh, they, they went with Duke Johnson down there. So um, that's a uh, an interesting, interesting thing to note. Will Fuller went full ham um, in the third and fourth quarter when the Lions just stopped playing defense. Six for 171 and two on seven targets. He's a stud as long as he's playing. Brandon Cooks, five for 85 on five targets. He's very good and not leaving your lineup. Kiki QT had a touchdown called back. Uh, that would have been touchdowns in back-to-back games. Jordan Akins dropped two touchdown passes. 
um, in this one. Carry uh, on Johnson, 11 for 46 on the ground, added four for 52 through the air. I did list him as a sleeper this week. He was 14% rostered. So if you had to stream somebody on Thanksgiving and you didn't stream Adrian Peterson, carry on Johnson did not really hurt you. It was a good uh, desperation play for you. Mo Sanu, who I did not know was on the Lions, caught a touchdown pass. And uh, it was a garbage time touchdown. And he was out there mugging and celebrating and um, maybe don't do that if you've been cut from two teams this year, Mosinu. Uh <laughs> Well, not only John- that, how many teams has he played on in the last two years? Uh, like yeah. four or five teams that he's been been on in in the last two years? Because he was what on the Patriots last year for a bit, and then the Falcons, and then probably some other team. And this yeah. year, as you mentioned, two other teams. So he's been on like four or five teams in like twelve weeks. Yeah, he was on some junk squad to start the year. I think they're called the 49ers, um, some junk squad. So, uh, yeah, Jonathan Williams sighting in the first quarter as well, four for 21, fumbled the ball. Um, I was like, Williams, Williams, Williams. No, that's not – they said Jonathan Williams. I'm like, that's not the the Buffalo Jonathan Williams, and it was. Um, so that was pretty wild. But CJ Prosize, uh, Jonathan Williams getting touches to start the game. The tilt was real on this one. Um, but – uh, like we said, uh, Houston takes this one down 41 to 25. Houston is four and seven, and the Lions are also four and seven. And Houston has been coming on under Romeo Cornell. I think they're four and one, three and one. Since yeah, they fired, four and one, I believe. Yeah, since, since they fired Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Um, and then Deshaun Watson has exploded since the firing, and everybody else, they all seem like they have a role now, and it's not just a complete cluster, you know. And it's it's looking really good. Brandon Cooks, even though he's not getting in the end zone, is catching, you know, six, seven passes a game and where he really wasn't doing with Bill O'Brien. So Romeo Cornell's, you know, putting himself in a position to be the head coach of the Houston um, Houston Texans next year so he can get fired by week eight of next year. Perfect. Sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> no, I didn't say it was a good plan. It was just a plan. <laughs> it is a plan. Uh, it is a plan. And one guy who caught a touchdown pass we didn't mention, J.J. Watt. He intercepted yes. Matthew Stafford at the line of scrimmage, which is yes. almost the exact same thing that he did to Andy Dalton in the playoffs like seven years ago. I remember watching that in a in a, in a fire wings in San Jose. I uh, remember watching that play. Um, he did that, yeah, uh, almost, almost the exact same play to Andy Dalton. Caught the ball at the line of scrimmage, and since he was at the line of scrimmage, there was nobody between him and the end zone. So go J.J. Watt. And then we watched him in Bad Moms because we watched Bad Moms last night. Not a very good movie, but a funny movie. None, I've never even heard of that movie. Is that by the same people who did Horrible Bosses or Bad Bosses or whatever? It's by the same people who did A Bad Mom's Christmas. Thank you, Evan. <laughs> No, it was a, it's a pretty funny movie. I don't think it's the same people as Horrible Bosses, but it's uh, Mila Kunis, Kristen Bell, Catherine Hahn. It's a funny uh, movie. I'm, I'm up watching anything with Mila Kunis in it, so yeah. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have a lot of substance to it. I'll just say that. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to have substance when Mila Kunis is in the movie. There you go. There you go. Um, all right, let's go. Ahead. Let's move on from the Thanksgiving. Uh, the first Thanksgiving game and go on to the second one. Uh, Washington team football and Dallas. Uh, they came into this one three and seven. And guys, Washington team football has a commanding lead on the NFC East. They own it. Yeah, this is their division. 
four and seven. They're running away with it. Washington 41, Dallas 16. It wasn't really that big of a blowout, though. It was the Washington scored 21 points in the thir- uh, fourth quarter. It was a uh, 20 to 16 going into the fourth quarter. So it was it was a lot closer than it seemed. But um, Dallas had a couple huge injuries across the offensive line. Um, Zach Martin and um, I lost my notes. The other guy. <laughs> Sorry, I lost my notes. I don't know where they went. Uh, but they two big injuries are on the offensive line, and that's kind of all all she wrote in this one because uh, if you can't protect Andy Dalton and you can't let uh, uh, Zeke get sprung for long runs, you're done. Um, so that is that. Um, in this one, Evan, Cameron you want to Irving. Thank you, Cam Irving. Thank you, Evan. I appreciate it's that. It's really frustrating because I just Googled it thinking the headline would do it, and every headline is two Cowboys linemen, including Zach Martin, injured. And I had to click and wait for it to load. I could have had that for you like 20 seconds earlier. <laughs> no worries. I was vamping till somebody got it for me. So thank you, Evan. I was I was desperately trying to find it as well while I was vamping. So, Evan, you wanted to know about the Washington team football defense versus the Dallas offense. And um, I got my it. answer. Yeah. <laughs> Not. Not to brag, but in that uh, lineup that netted me a dollar and sixty cents, guess what defense I started? Washington. Washington team defense, baby. Washington All right, got me. I started them in uh, our football absurdity riders league simply to have a player in this game, and so I was happy. They got me seventeen points, but if they gave points for making the opponents look ridiculous or the opponents making themselves look ridiculous with their own bad play calling, it would have been a lot more. Dallas ran. Dallas kept doing this thing where they would uh, do a pitch to an end around and somehow make it into a play, and it would never surprise Washington, like on the fake punt. Where the punter just pitches oh, it back and around, and there's eight dudes just sitting there. Or, and I'm glad that they they they, they scored this right because they didn't score right at first. Uh, where they pitch it back to Ceedee Lamb and do an aborted Philly special. That was that was yeah. not great. Uh, they actually did correctly mark that as a sack of Ceedee Lamb. Oh, nice! I don't get yeah. the negative rushing yards. Yeah, I saw like, that, and I, I'm like, I, I need to get a point. Why did I get a point? I'm like that was clearly in the Philly special. What are you doing there? So, yeah, Washington's uh, defense looked good. You know, for one, this is the first. I think I said this last week. This is the first time I've looked at whoever's in charge of the NFC East and haven't felt humiliation for my entire country and favorite sport. I'm like, all right, Washington, you put out a game there where you looked all right. Good job. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in and uh, it's Alex Smith in charge of the uh, NFC East leading uh, team. Alex Smith might be in the playoffs this year. He might start a playoff game this year at home. Think about that. He, he almost lost his leg. He almost lost his life. And he might be starting a home playoff game this year. So good for you, Alex Smith. Come back. Play- if they make the playoffs, come back player of the year. It should be renamed the Alex Smith Award, I think. Um, he did not have to do much in this one, though. 19 for 26. Uh, one touchdown, one pick. I think Logan Thomas probably had more air yards in his one pass than Alex Smith had all day. Uh, <laughs> Logan Thomas, one for one, 28 yards. He also kicked in a uh, four receptions, 20 yards, and a touchdown. But the man of the game, Antonio Gibson, 20 carries, 115 yards, three touchdowns, not to brag. I did start him as well, so I'm just I'm just basking in the glow of that $1.60 profit I made. Uh, Peyton Barber, 11 for 57. A couple times he ran the ball, and I was like, oh, nice, Gibson run. And then I was like, man, Peyton Barber? Because I think Barber's 34. So I saw the four, and it threw me off. J.D. McKissick. I'm done. 
Big J.D. McKissick guy, a lot of targets, a lot of touches. Not anymore. One carry, six yards. Uh, and then he had two targets for two receptions, 21 yards. It's not going to cut it. He was a PPR like cheat code because he was getting so many targets that it didn't matter that he wasn't getting a lot of yards, and now the targets are gone. Is Antonio Gibson's backfield now. So, sorry. Uh, sorry, J.D. McKissick, but you're out. Uh, for the other side, Andy Dalton, 215-1-1 on 35 pass attempts. Zeke, we kind of touched on, 10 for 32. He lost two starting offensive linemen uh, at the beginning of the game, and that was all she wrote. <sighs> two for 10 on the gra- uh, through the air for uh, Tony Pollard, and four uh, for 12 on the ground for Tony Pollard. So neither running back really did much this game. Amari Cooper, 6 for 112, and touchdown, long touchdown catch. Uh, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb didn't do much at all. Six and 41, five for 21. Uh, this was just a mess of a game from the Dallas side. And uh, guys, here's a question for you. Rest of season, Antonio Gibson or Ezekiel Elliott? Antonio Gibson, by far. Um, by far. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you touched on Logan Thomas, but uh, I know you talked about his, his one attempt in the air and then is of course being a tight end caught you know a touchdown for four for twenty, but he also ran the ball once. Uh, oh yeah, he had like yeah. So he was doing it ground, air, and all around. Uh, maybe maybe we'll call him the Space Force play of the of the of the week. Space ground, Force. Ground, air, and run. Uh, so um, yeah, Logan Thomas definitely had an interesting day, but yeah, Antonio Gibson by far, especially since we finally see Antonio Gibson get more receptions and more targets than J.D. McKiskick through the air. Uh, for most of the season, it's all been J.D. McKiskick getting the ball in the air. And it's just like, uh, you know, you, you do have a player named Gibson who was a wide receiver in college, and you're you're still targeting J.D. McKiskick, who's a great, great receiver out of the backfield, but you have a wide receiver out of the backfield. So why aren't you just full on using him and – I think this is the first week that's going to propel him forward. No offensive line for the Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott has done nothing um, except for last week. Out of the last maybe five weeks, his season is over. Uh, You might get another great week out of him, but Gibson is the dude, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, Gibson way over Zeke Elliott, and I got to agree there. And Evan, do you have any dissenting opinion there? No, I'd like to point out Mike was like the industry low on Ezekiel Elliott heading into the preseason. That didn't yeah. happen. Yeah, what I was going to say was Mike, your hair is safe. I hope so. He's still RB5, RB5, RB6, somewhere around there. We'll see after this week. But um, yeah, hopefully my my hair is, I can finally get a haircut. Um, right now it is a mullet because... I really, you know, the first five, four or five weeks, really, I was like, this ain't going to happen. So it, it's a mullet right now. Um, it'll be great to <laughs> finally cut, get it shaped into a regular haircut. Where does he have to finish again? Outside the top 10? Right, RB8 or lower. Uh, I think uh, I think you'll be fine. I think you'll be good to All right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to talking about this weekend's games. First game on the slate is Raiders Falcons. Raiders are six and four. Falcons are three and seven. Raiders are three point road favorites in this one. Fifty three and a half point over under. 
Um, injuries in this one. Cleland Farrell is off of COVID IR. Uh, Hayden Hurst did not practice on Wednesday. He's slated to play this weekend. Julio was limited. Monitor that. Todd Gurley, right before we started recording, boys, he has been ruled out. He is not going to be playing. And remind me, if you could, who on our Tuesday podcast said, go get Brian Hill for free. It could save your season after waivers run. I just have to say, smartest man alive. Just, just, I'm going to be modest about it. I'm just the smartest man that's ever lived. Go get Brian Hill as soon as you hear this. The Raiders are bad against running backs. So uh, I think he will do quite well this weekend. But Evan has a question about this Raiders defense. He wants to know, um, uh, has the Raiders' pass defense continued to improve? Yeah, I I think that line, which obviously reflects fan better opinion and not actual pro, pro, projection, uh, it, it's low. Uh, Las Vegas, we're, we're known for being bad defenses. But, I mean, we got five turnovers against Denver, and we're, we are holding even with uh, Kansas City. This is not a bad defense anymore. It's tightened up, and I think that uh, Atlanta, who, who, who's just a mess and will fall apart with the Julio Jones if Julio Jones isn't at 100%, which he won't be, uh, I, I, I think this is going to be a, a bad day for Atlanta fantasy owners. Sorry, fantasy managers. Hey, Mike, got a question for you. Have you noticed a semantic switch with Evan when he talks about the Raiders? Last, uh, year, no. last year it was the Raiders, the Raiders, the Raiders. Now they're 6-4. and four. Evan says we. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Evan. I, got, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can layer on that. I'm walking through the Walmart today, and someone's decked out in Raider gear. And I go, uh, Raider, go Raiders. And they go, go Raiders. And I go, they look good. And he goes, we do look good. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm we now. About that. <laughs> <laughs> if the team is good or playing well, you don't have to separate yourself from them. But I noticed, yeah, uh, I, I noticed that switch. You just kept saying we. And I was like, wait, Evan usually says the Raiders or they. So a little, yeah. little semantic switch there for Evan. Yeah. When they're doing um, bad, he's your he's your kid. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's uh, whenever our our dog is uh is uh bark running around barking or is on one, we always say I say to my wife and she says to me, "Hey, your dog is uh." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing with Evan and the Raiders. Mike, you want to know about the Raiders as well, though. You want to know about Nelson Aguilar? Yeah, good old Nelson. He's he can have a chance where he has two straight weeks of top 24 performance um he to me he's been the best fantasy receiver for the raiders this season um and that and i mean receiver as in wr not as in wide receiver slash te uh so uh waller and his like 30 percent target share doesn't (laughs) doesn't yeah exactly exactly yeah um uh, aglor scored at least 13 ppr points in five of the past seven games uh, he just had six for 88 and a touchdown on nine targets against the Chiefs in week 11. Now he has the Atlanta Falcons and the Falcons allow the most fantasy points to opposing receivers. So I, I really like Aguilar. Uh, if you can't put him in is in your, your starting wide receiver slot, put him in in your in your flex position. But he should be somewhere on that starting lineup for you guys if you own him. Yeah, I uh, I wrote about him this week. Uh, he's he is. So his bad games are so bad that we kind of ignore how good his good games are. Like 
his blow up games over his last, uh, you know, let's say six was a seven weeks. He's had four games where he's had at least 40 yards and a touchdown, but then zero, zero catches, two yards or z- sorry, zero catches, two targets, uh, one catch, eight yards. His lows are so low that we forget how big his highs are. So, yeah, Mike, I think that Nelson Aguilar has a chance to blow up. The- and um, uh, he's in my uh, my sleepers, my sleeper wide receivers for this week because his ownership is is low enough to justify that so i think that's a great question uh to uh look into this week he's in my he's sort of the, he's ah. oh. <laughs> what, what was that evan he's in my dfs lineup oh look ah. at this guy everybody's just so excited to talk about nelson aguilar i guess yeah we're just chomping at the bit um yeah I, i'm liking him to the clark kent superman role where He's either going to be shy, meager, do nothing, or just, you know, be a super stud, bust out, nothing can stop him. So hopefully against the Atlanta Falcons, he's more Superman than Clark Kent. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, So, all right. So that does it for that game. Evan, best of luck to you and your team. Uh, hopefully you can say we won this weekend instead of <laughs> instead of the Raiders lost. Las Vegas and <laughs> lost. <laughs> all right next game up another afc west team the chargers they travel to buffalo the chargers are three and seven buffalo is seven and three this is a 53 point over under and buffalo are five point favorites in this one uh injuries uh the chargers have two defensive injuries to note uh ingram is out with a knee injury casey hayward is out with a knee injury as well austin eckler uh who's been on ir he doesn't have a designation because he's still listed as being on an ir uh, they say he, uh, quote, has a chance to play. He's back at practice. Um, my take on this uh, is I'm not going to start Austin Eckler. It's a hamstring injury that he's rushing back from. And how many times have we seen guys rush back from a hamstring injury and then leave in the third quarter because they re-aggravate it? You know, it feels like it happens once every three weeks. So I'm going to wait on Austin Eckler. On the other side of the ball, Buffalo, John Brown is out with an ankle injury. Uh, Dawson Knox has not been at practice this week. Not sure what's going on there. And Tommy Sweeney, who's a tight end for them. He is out for the year with endocarditis from COVID-19 complications. So yeah, best of luck to him. Uh, I've looked into it because, um, the endocarditis seems to be temporary, but it's still scary. He can't really play with it. So, uh, hopefully he makes a full recovery and we see him next year. But, um, Mike, you want to know Zach Moss is the surprise stud of the week, and I do need to hear about this because I have him in a league where I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to play him or not. Yeah, so Moss has scored three touchdowns in the past three games, uh, and I, 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 you know, there's a time when you just need to cut bait, and as we were talking earlier, uh, sort of with Antonio Gibson taking over, I think it's time for Zach Moss to take over ahead uh, of Devin Singletary, and I, this is a great matchup for Moss against the Chargers. They've allowed eight total touchdowns to running backs in their past five games. So I see this as a Moss, maybe one, could be two touchdown kind of game. Oh, my couple God. A cu- couple passes in there, you know, good maybe 40 yards. So maybe you're looking at 18 fantasy points out of Zach Moss this week. Definitely someone that will finish as an RB2, if not a flex option for you guys. So most Moss owners, get him in. All right. I will put him in my lineup because I was trying to figure out if I was going to start him or not. And that's the type of stuff I like to hear. 
So I'm glad to hear it. And if I lose, guess what? I get to uh, launder my failure onto you, Mike. I can yeah, it's you your get fault. to blame me completely. Me oh, yes. <laughs> that's all That's all people are looking for is somebody to blame when things go wrong for them. So I, I got it. I got it. I got somebody to blame now. Um, Evan, you want to know – oh, boy, this is related. Uh, what's The Bills' right tackle is out for the season? Yep, Bills' right tackle out for season. Uh, and they're returning a uh, uh, center who hasn't played in two weeks. Uh, although their line was never bad, but I want to make sh- I want to watch that. I'm watching that right tackle position, see if it somehow adjusts it, or if it just it sometimes this this is an, an, a nothing issue. But that's where I'm watching when I watch tape of this. Okay, you're and I've got Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and I guess now Zach Moss going in my big money league. So I'm nervous about that it's right big, tackle situation. Big game for you, sounds like. This one is this this one's a big game for you. So, all right, yeah. So you want to see how uh, you know they defend or they protect Josh Allen, how Zach Moss runs, how Devin Singletary runs his way to the bench. Um, so we'll see uh, how the offense situation there in Buffalo plays out this weekend. All right, next game on the docket is the Giants and the Bengals. Giants are three and seven. Bengals are two seven and one. Forty four point over under. Giants are six-point favorites, and you say to yourself, but the Giants are terrible. Well, so are the Bengals, and Joe Burrow is on IR. Uh, He's officially out for the year. Uh, Gio Bernard popped up in the middle of the week with a concussion. Um, He's questionable, but uh, Zach Taylor today said he, quote, feels good about Giovanni Bernard uh, playing this weekend. Wide receiver depth guy Auden Tate, um, who gets a lot of highlight catches usually, he was placed on COVID IR. He's not going to be going to be playing this weekend for the other side of the ball the giants uh mark colombo fought joe judge and got fired (laughs) um he's a he was a coach for them and dante pettis 49ers cut dante pettis dante pettis signed with the giants he is now on COVID ir so the 49ers bad luck has been dispersed throughout the league (laughs) except for mohammed sanu apparently yeah mohammed sanu is doing all right um so Mo Sanu uh, is is uh, the only one to jump ship successfully from the Niners. So um, in this one, Evan, you wanted to know if we're done with Cincy's offense completely, and that's a valid question. Yeah, like I was trying, I was just I was googling around trying to come up with a question to this, and I'm like, what about AJ Green? Can I ask? No, I don't think he's going to do it. What about Tyler Boyd? No. What about Gio? Ah, is anybody good in this team? Like I don't know. This this I think I would still start my Boyds. But other than that, and if you need to, Gio Bernard, I guess, because I don't, I don't know, man. It's not like they're going to lean on him with more carries because he's 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 small. So, yeah, I'm I'm wondering how Cincy's going to cook up an offensive scheme and just if it can relate to fantasy at all. Okay, so you, you just want to see what, what Cincy is planning on doing for the future. And that's a, that's a good question because there's a lot of fantasy-relevant guys on this team. John uh, Ross. John Ross. John Ross might, he might actually be active with uh, what's his face being out with Auden Tate being out. So we might actually see John Ross uh, this week, you know, a nice uh, have him run three nine routes and put him back on the bench, uh, get him nice and warmed up. So we'll see. We'll see how that one goes uh, in this one. So. All right, on on uh, the other side of the ball, Mike, you want to know about Wayne Gallman, who has just been churning and chugging along. Yeah, uh, five straight weeks, top 24 performances. The Bengals have allowed a running back to score or gain 100 total yards in four of their past 
five games. And Gallman comes into week 12 having scored a touchdown in four games in a row. So you know what all this means? It means Gallman's not going to do anything because just the That's odds right. alone are just going to crush you. But, you know, <laughs> Gallman has just been amazing, really. Uh, he's not doing much as a passing game, and he is a good receiver out of the backfield. I think someone like uh, Singletary, uh, someone to that that effect that might not get a lot of catches, but is someone that is capable out of the backfield. Uh, he has 32 carries in the past two games against Washington and Philadelphia, and he's been inside the top 10, fantasy top 10, as a running back uh, twice and inside the top 24 in the last four weeks. So make this week five. I mean, especially against that matchup, I don't think the Bengals can get any lower. I mean, we're if the Bengals and Jets played each other, they might be tied zero zero at the end of the game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's uh, this is, the Bengals are bad now, guys. They weren't good before, and now they're just actively, you know, on the you know what heap um, of teams. So uh, we'll tragic. see how this. It is tragic, and hopefully uh, things get better for. The Bengals, um, you know, hopefully uh, Joe Burrow has successful surgery and he's back sooner rather than later. So let's go ahead. Let's talk about the next game. Uh, Tennessee and Indianapolis. This is uh, Tennessee 7-3, the Colts 7-3. This is a rematch from a couple weeks ago. Um, this is for the uh, AFC South lead in this one. 51 point over under. Colts are three point favorites. Injuries in this one. Ty Sambrilo, uh, the left tackle for the Titans, went to IR. That means they'll be turning to the rookie Isaiah Wilson, who has had some issues this year, we'll just say. Uh, Adam Humphreys is still out with his concussion. That's just a rough go. And DeForest Buckner is on COVID IR, and he will not be playing this weekend. So that's a big blow. I learned the term today. Yeah, Defoe. Yeah, the Niners fans all call him Defoe. And I I didn't know that that didn't make its way to Indianapolis. Uh, It might have. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't pay attention to anything, so uh, to oh, okay. say that it didn't, I don't know for sure. But yeah, I was like, Defo, Defo, forget. I. <laughs> so yeah, no Defo. That's that sucks for you guys this weekend. He's a great, he's a great player. Um, and um, in this one, Mike, you want to know about if Philip Rivers is the QB sleeper you don't want, but the QB sleeper you need, the little Batman style. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Rivers has become a quality fantasy quarterback lately. Comes into week 12 having scored at least 27 fantasy points in three of three and five games. So over half his games, he scored 27 points or more. Uh, He did only score 18 points against Tennessee a couple weeks ago, but played well. 308 passing yards and a touchdown. Um, Of course, Jacoby Brissett came in there because they like to just surprise teams with Joe, Jacoby Brissett every once in a while. And Brissett had a rushing touchdown from the one, I believe that that was. And as far as the Titans go, they're, they're pretty bad against quarterbacks. They've allowed seven of 10 quarterbacks to pass for at least 249 yards and two touchdowns. So I, I think that Rivers could definitely hit 250, if not 300 yards. Two touchdowns might be a little difficult for him, but it's definitely doable against this defense. And as long as a running back doesn't, you know, Jonathan Taylor or Naheem Hines or whoever takes over at that one or two yard line, uh, he could easily throw for 200. So I, I definitely could see this happening where uh, Philip Rivers is the streaming uh, guy, streaming quarterback of the week. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see it. Um, like you said, the only the only my only question is if they line it up at the goal line with the running back. So I'm, we're we're on the exact same page there with Philip Rivers. He's been playing better lately. He has I think he's gotten more comfortable being outside of uh, the Chargers organization and it's shown um, he's he's doing a little bit better. And Evan, you want to know about Corey Davis? Speaking of a guy who's been doing a little bit better this season. Yeah, it's just been his breakout year. Huh? He's yeah. on that Devonte Parker plan. Yeah, although he's been good all year. Yeah. Uh, except for a zero-point outing week nine, he's had at least uh, at least 9.2 HP PR points uh, every every game this year that he wasn't out for due to injury, which was just two weeks. Uh, uh, last that week he had COVID. A, he, he got COVID. Oh, he got COVID? Yeah. I'm memory hole the COVID stuff just for anxiety reasons that makes a lot of sense yeah i'm like oh did Corey davis go on a vacation on an (laughs) island halfway through the season because that's what i remember uh and yeah last time he had 113 yards and now he's going though against indianapolis mike's how's indianapolis secondary because last time i checked their whole team is really good even without deforest buckner yeah their their secondary their past defense is definitely one of the best uh they have uh Brock Yassine and a couple other defensive. And then Julian Blackman, who's safety, um, rookie safety. They got in, like in the fourth round. And he's he reminds me, if you guys remember Bob Sanders, he, that's the kind of player he reminds me of. Yeah, so breakout breakout wide receiver against solid D, one of the top five defenses in the league. Uh, that's what I'm watching. Okay. Okay, yeah, that's 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 a good move, and that's the same the same team as Zach Moss. Uh, have uh, Corey Davis on that team as well. So fingers crossed, uh, uh, Mike. Fingers crossed that it's a 45 to 40 game. That's what I'm hoping for. That that's definitely Tennessee and Indianapolis' style, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's probably what's gonna um, become. You know, if, if yeah, I'd be surprised if actually if they that gets to be that high, but. Um, with that defense, but we'll see what ends up happening. Tennessee is going to need this game because they can't fall. Uh, there, they'll be basically two and a half games behind the the Colts, or one and a half games, I should say, behind the Colts. Because if they lose this week, then the Colts will own both games against Tennessee in their division. Plus, they'll be a game back in their division. So you're looking at basically two game hole for Tennessee. So they're going to have to really amp up their, their game this week. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, this one might determine, uh, the AFC South, uh, division winner. Um, cause it ain't going to be the Jags and it ain't going to be the Texans. So, um, it's a, it's a, uh, a big game for both teams. Um, so, um, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next game. Carolina four and six, Minnesota, I'm sorry, Carolina four and seven, Minnesota four and six, 51 point over under Minnesota three and a half point favorites injuries in this one. Teddy two gloves. Teddy Bridgewater is expected to play. He was a last second scratch last week to the point where they said he was active and then they said he was inactive. Um, So last second scratch last week for Teddy two gloves. Um, And Matt rule is quote pessimistic about uh, Christian McCaffrey being available to play this weekend. He's questionable with a shoulder injury. So I would not count on having CMC, but luckily it's a 10 AM game. So you don't have to scramble for any late pivots Uh, injuries on the Viking side. Irv, Smith has a groin and back injury. He is doubtful for this weekend. So if you're desperate, 
uh, maybe stream Kyle Rudolph because uh, they've been splitting targets. Uh, Adam Thielen is likely out. He's on COVID IR. He's unlikely to get cleared before the game on Sunday because I guess he hasn't stacked the positive or I'm sorry, the negative tests yet. So he's unlikely to play on Sunday. Um, so those are the big injuries in this one. And Evan, you want to know. Uh, if we can make this three straight <laughs> weeks of both Minnesota wide receivers being good for fantasy. So you're talking Justin Jefferson and Ola BC Johnson. Yep. <laughs> you preemptively cursed the, uh, the player that you wanted to talk about. I'm on that Ole bus. Um, on, uh... Maybe Mike, you want to talk about Teddy Bridgewater while we give Evan time yeah. to frantically <laughs> change his question. Yeah, yep. that's fine. Um, so, as you, if you as you mentioned, Bridgewater was out week 11, um, but where week 10 he had 22 fantasy points, and for three of his previous four games, that's what it's been sort of looking like. So can Teddy Bridgewater top 12 uh, for three straight weeks is what I'm wondering. And the Vikings they give up 24 fantasy points. They gave it up against. Andy Dalton in week 11. So the Minnesota defense is pretty bad. And, you know, Bridgewater played in Minnesota. If we don't forget that that's where he was drafted and played for a couple of years. So he, he does know sort of the team and, and the schematics of this, of this squad. And I don't know if he'll be the streamer of the week, but he will be close. So if Philip Rippers is not there, then grab on to Teddy Bridgewater. I like it. That's a, uh, that's a a good a good move to make um, to the Teddy Bridgewater pivot. So, Evan, of course, you are asking about the other side of the football, Always. the quarterback. Yeah, you. This was your question. I think I saw this. I think you created this doc early so that you could get this Kirk Cousins question in here about he if, if he'll be a top twelve quarterback. Yep, I've been rehearsing. Um, so <laughs> Kirk Cousins was a top twelve quarterback for two consecutive weeks. Well, last four, last three weeks, Kirk Cousins was the 12th quarterback, the 11th quarterback, and then last week he was the one, two, three, fourth quarterback. But now he doesn't have feeling. Is he going to fall apart, or can he get us 20 points? That's what I'm watching. It's always, it's always, and it's not prime time, so who knows? Uh, it's always one, one ring short of a circus when Kirk Cousins doesn't have his full squad. So that's what I'm watching for. All right. No, that that. That's a that's a good question because our big thing about Kirk Cousins this year was uh, is two wide are two wide receivers dragging him up because uh, we were talking about he was going to drag down Thielen and and Justin Jefferson but are Thielen and Justin Jefferson pulling him up from the death depths of mediocrity um, in a, in a fantasy football and in real life football so we'll see how this one goes. Uh, so let's go. Let's move on to the next game. Arizona, New England, Arizona, six and four, New England, four and six, uh, 49 and a half point over under Arizona are two point road favorites. Kyler had an AC joint sprain that he was dealing with this week, uh, but he had no injury designation on Friday. So he's good to go. Uh, Deontay Thompson and Larry Fitzgerald for the Cardinals both are on the COVID-19 IR and you know, you got to worry about that with Larry Fitzgerald's advanced age, you know, uh, he's in that, that dangerous group uh, for the he Patriots, like what, 60, 65, yeah, 60, something like that uh, for the page. I think he, um, I think he turned 65 in a couple weeks, Mike, to your, to your point. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, it's that like age 65 season sort of thing that people are always talking about. (laughs) (laughs) New England has no injuries. Uh, Mike, you want to know if James White can make it back to back top 24 weeks after he was relevant again last week after falling to the depths? Yeah, and a big reason why he's he fell to the depths was so Rex Burkhead came and he was a top. I, I think last week's question would was will Rex Burkhead be a top twenty four, top twelve running back for three straight weeks? And then you throw into the fact that White had that tragic uh, to his family, the car mm-hmm. accident, I believe it was. And he was out for a couple of weeks. So any owner right now owning James White, it, it's not been a James White kind of year for those PPR owners out there. He's just not shown up, rightfully so, for a lot of reasons. And last week, he he finally became relevant uh, against Houston, where he matched his season high in carries. It was only five, but, you know, you're, you're not going to expect a lot of carries out of James White. Had his most targets, nine, and reception, six, with receiving yards of 64. So he's been, uh, he had a very good game. As we know, Burkhead is now out for the season. This is James White's backfield as far as uh, passing goes. And uh, he has three games this season with more than five targets. He scored at least 12 PPR points in all three of those. It's it's James White. And so if you own James White, get him in there because this is sort of the opening you've been looking for. This is why you drafted James White. There, There's not going to be a competition. Damian Harris can't catch the ball. Uh, Sony Michelle, if he plays, can't catch the ball. This is all going to be James White. And he should reward PPR owners in full. Okay. No, that's a... Uh... I'm I'm glad to hear it because it, I always hate when a guy just completely falls off the face of the planet like uh, James or not James Robinson. I was looking at the <laughs> uh, uh, a uh, line further down on the spreadsheet, uh, but like James White uh, being out um, ir- irrelevant, um, especially when you figure uh, you know his tragedy with his family was probably a big reason of it, and uh, it's nice to see him bounce back. But Evan, you want to know what Christian Kirk's deal is uh, going forward after this one? This deal. On the one hand, he's had six, <clears throat> six or more targets in four straight games, and on the other hand, he's had under 50 yards in three of those four games. Uh, I haven't really watched Kyler Murray uh, uh, in terms of reads, you know, in the all 22s. So I think that's what I'm going to do this week and see if I can spot where Kirk lies in the reads. You all probably already know this. And and also just does Kirk have skill? I don't. I didn't. This was the season where I planned to watch Kirk in the preseason to really get a, a pin on him. So of course that didn't happen. So I'm gonna start doing that this this time to see if he's if he's all right for next season. I guess because he's 76 percent rostered. Wow. Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, he, he's good. It's just you know we'll we'll see about usage is is what we need to see in this one. So, we'll uh good good thing to keep an eye on Evan. So, why don't we have to go ahead and talk about the next game? Uh, it's an AFC East matchup, Miami 6 and 4, the Jets 0 oh and 10. Um I think Miami has a good shot in this one, guys. 44 and a half point over under. Dolphins are 7 point favorites. Injuries in this one, Tua is questionable with a thumb injury. Miles Gaskin um is on IR still with his 
there's no questionable, doubtful designation because of the IR thing, uh, but he's likely to not play. So, uh, Salvin Ahmed uh, is out with his shoulder injury, which means it's Matt Breida season, I guess. I guess. I guess. Um, Sam Darnold is uh, going to be back this week with his shoulder injury. Um, well, Michael P. Ryan hit IR with the ankle injury. Uh, if you listen to the bonus podcast, I was inconsolable um, on Tuesday because he was the linchpin to my teams. Um, Sam Ficken is on IR with a groin injury, equally linchpin, uh, 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 equally a linchpin of my fantasy squads. That was sarcasm on both counts. Evan, you want to know if Sam Darnold can get Jamison Crowder back to glory? And I, when we were, when I was making my FanDuel lineup, I had the cash for for Jamison Crowder, and I had I had your voice in the back of my mind going, Jamison Crowder with Sam Darnold, and I was like, okay, maybe I don't trust Evan as much as I thought because I did not put him in. <laughs> yeah, it used to be don't sit your stud, and 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 Crowder was in that territory, and the last two weeks have shown it's actually. Uh... Only start him. Don't sit him if Darnold's in, and sit him if uh, Flacco's in. And right now, I'm just double checking because I only checked this an hour ago. I want to make sure it's still there. Yeah, he's still. Darnold is still expected to start Week 12 against the Dolphins, who have a fierce defense. And I imagine Darnold's gonna. There, I, I don't see any reason why Darnold's not gonna do what he did all year, which just become the checkdown king to his slot man, Jamison Crowder. So I'm ready. I'm ready to see it happen again. My entire team in my big money league has fallen asleep after starting five and zero. I am looking like I'm going to end up six and six after this week. And I just wake up, people. Who do I got to kiss to wake these these sleeping beauties up? Yeah, or hopefully not it, Sam Darnold because I don't want mono. Hey, <laughs> um, but to put it a different way, to put it in the Michael Scott way, uh, no doubt you are ready to get hurt again. <laughs> Speaking well, of. Speaking of records and leagues, I have a bone to pick with both of you guys. Remember the Football Absurdity Writers League where I didn't get to draft a team and my team was the worst team I've ever seen in my entire life? Yeah. yeah. If, the, if the playoffs started right now, I would be the fifth seed. How did you guys allow this to happen? Um, We felt sorry for you, so we let <laughs> fall to you. So you let me get Justin Jefferson and Chase Claypool? This yeah. really isn't. This isn't an actual league. I'm gonna. I'm gonna drop the veil here, uh, Mike. This whole thing was a test by the elite fantasy Illuminati. They see potential in you, but they had to f- make one final gauntlet to see if you could pass it, and this was that. Oh, Don't thank you, down. thank you, fantasy Illuminati. Are they the ones who spent like forty dollars on Lev Bell uh, in this auction? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, forty dollars on Bell. Oh, jeez. Yeah. If anybody, this is the first time listening, uh, please know that I was doing tech support. Oh, it's twenty-two dollars. Okay, I was doing tech support for the website, and so I missed our auction draft. So please do not, um, do not uh, think poorly of me for spending that that much money on a uh, on a uh, Lev Bell, but. We, uh, we we all know you inserted Dominion software and yeah, just that's said, right. okay, uh, I'm out of here. I lit uh I lit uh Hugo Chavez run my draft. <laughs> oh boy. All right, let's go ahead. Let's keep this ball a rolling. And um in this one, uh Mike, you wanted to know if uh any Dolphins wide receiver can exploit the Jets and and who would that be? Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant? Yeah, I you know, I don't know. Right right now. Parker leads the team in receptions, yards, and touchdowns with four touchdowns, 44 yards. Second on the team is Miles Gaskin. He um, And he probably won't play. It's still unknown, but I doubt that he plays. Third on the team is Mike Kosicki. Hey! Uh, 
you know, uh, not not that he's bad, but you you don't want your if you're talking about wide receivers, you don't want the second receiver to be a running back and the third receiver being tied in. And then, as you mentioned, Jakeem Grant, uh, he, he, you know, now we're getting into depths. Number four wide receiver on the Dolphins, 24 receptions, 241 yards, one touchdown. And then right below him is Preston Williams, 18 receptions, 288 yards. But he's tied with Devontae Parker in touchdowns with four so all around, the, the wide receivers uh, outside of maybe Devontae Parker, who really shot, you know, was really good when he was hurt. Now that he's healthy, he's sort of been eh, mediocre. Uh, so and then overall stats are mediocre. You know, now they got the Jets and you're like, God, I want to play someone. I want to play someone because they're playing the Jets. I got to put someone in. And I. I don't know who to recommend. I mean, you want to say Devontae Parker, but what's going to keep him from not, you know, catching two balls for 20 yards and no touchdowns? Nothing, you know? And so, yeah, play Devontae Parker. Just don't expect a lot out of him. And to be honest with you, by the end of the game, I don't see any of the receivers being fantasy relevant. Um, Maybe as a flex, maybe, but... You're talking about the wide receiver one um, of the Dolphins and the clear wide receiver number one of the Dolphins perhaps being a flex play against the Jets. I don't like it. Okay. No, that's, that's, that's more than fair. So uh, we'll see how that one plays out with, with the Dolphins this weekend. Um, Cause yeah, the Jets are really bad, but are we going to be able to do anything with that? So yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see. So let's go ahead. Let's go to the last morning game or the last 1 p.m. game if you're on the heathen coast, uh, the East Coast, not best coast. Uh, Cleveland, 7-3. Jacksonville, 1-9. and 49.5 point over under. Cleveland, 7-point favorites. Uh, injuries in this one. Miles Garrett still on COVID IR. He was ruled out early in the week. He was ruled out on, like, Tuesday, I think. Yeah, so he that- announced it on Tuesday that he was out. Yeah, that's not great for, you know, how he's feeling. Um, so hopefully it's uh, just a, a thing that's limiting his um, his athletic upside right now and not a thing that's actually, you know, putting him down for the count because uh, it's a wide range of possibilities with COVID there. Uh, Joe Jackson and Sion Takitaki uh, both joined him on the COVID IR for the Browns. Uh, for the Jags, uh, DJ Chark is out with a ribs injury. Um, and Chase McLaughlin has been put on COVID IR um, as well. So in this one, Mike, you want to know if James Robinson can have a top 24 uh, a week for the sixth straight week. And one thing I forgot to mention, Mike Glennon is starting this weekend. That's one thing that didn't end up in my notes over. They saw enough of Jake Luton. So Mike Glennon this weekend. So Mike, now you can talk about James Robinson. Oh, they're, they're bringing the veteran, the, the veteran, Mike Glennon, who's, quarterback for what five teams now in his career and she's yeah none of them good none of them good not you know um probably he's, he's been as bad as jake luton uh i think loot i think rob um mike lennon was what a second round draft pick um, third round i was just looking round. that up yeah i was just looking that up so uh yeah uh, I, I think they're going to be running the ball here and james robinson gives them a good reason to run the ball 22-plus carries and at least 99 rushing yards in three consecutive outings. 
uh, I, I, he's going to be the workhorse against his Browns defense. Uh, but the Browns defense is tough. They're the eighth ranked rush defense. But if you flip side, if you look at Robinson, he finished in the top 24, um, just has not finished in the top 24 twice uh, throughout uh, this season. That was in week one and week five. But uh, he has five top 10 finishes uh, this season. So the dude is just an absolute stud. Uh, came out, as we talked about, consistently um, every week almost because I love James Robinson. Uh, he's, he's you know, undrafted and has just been surprised. There, there have been talks now. I'm not going to go there as far as comparisons, but because he was an undrafted and there's been uh, could be the runner, you know, one of those definitely rookie of the year candidates, maybe even should be the rookie of the year. Uh, they're, you know, comparing him to uh, the Denver running back. The name escapes me. I don't know why, but um, they're comparing him to the Hall of Fame running. Oh, the Hall of Famer. I was thinking because of the undrafted thing. Uh why is his name escaping me too? The Mister, the guy that's always on uh, the NFL channel, I don't, Davis, Terrell Davis, Terrell Davis. Davis. Thank you. Um, so there is comparisons now with James Robinson and Terrell Davis, but I, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go there. 2020, guys. I'm going to go out on a limb here. For my team, I would rather have this season, this year. James Robinson than Terrell Davis, who's probably like 55 right now. Yeah, I I, I think I might agree with. You. But with being 2020, who knows? Terrell Davis might just come in and just tear it all up because you know that is 2020 in a nutshell. I was gonna say I, I wouldn't say that about every single player, <laughs> every single running back. But I will take James Rob. Oops, sorry, I just punched my mic. I will take James Robinson over. Uh, Terrell Davis right now in 2020. So sorry to go out on a limb, guys. There, sorry for the hot take. Um, Evan, you want to know if Cleveland's offense is a fantasy feast this week? And why wouldn't it be? You know, I find myself hovering <laughs> over it's Cleveland's offense. <laughs> right, right. That is true. I find myself hovering over Austin Hoopers and the Jarvis Landrys of the world, and I got to talk myself back off a off a ledge because. Jacksonville probably won't score a lot of points. And so Cleveland probably will do what they were built to do, which is to just run the game out by alternating between the running backs. So I'm I'm stepping away from saying, well, I can just start it. If I need to fill in here, there's uh, Cleveland guys on the waiver wire. Go for that. Uh, the way this it's it's it's. it's Often foolish to predict a game script, but it seems pretty clear with Mike Glennon stepping into the helm that this could be yet another Cleveland runs the ball down their throats. Start start all your Cleveland running backs and simmer everybody else except maybe ODB. Well, ODB is on IR, don't forget. Oh, yeah, never mind. Yeah, it's been so long since we've worried about the Cleveland uh, offense that it, it's... Uh, he actually played in the last game that their offense didn't was not in a monsoon. So I'm actually interested to see their offense as well because uh, they've had three straight games. Oh, that's right. With horrible conditions. And they have a, they have a. It's not a dome. It's Jacksonville, isn't it? Well, Jacksonville is. It's going to be slightly rainy, but it's not going to be terrible weather. Um, but they're they've since. 
Baker Mayfield had a five touchdown passing game. They played in three monsoons and had a bye week. So I'm actually very interested to see how this Browns defense uh, or sorry, offense fares this week. And uh, Baker Mayfield might be a sneaky play because he's this whole Browns offense has just been bludgeoned by bad weather over the last month or so uh, since uh, uh, Odell Beckham went out. And then in that same game after Odell Beckham went out, Baker Mayfield had five touchdowns. So very interesting to see how uh, that goes. And we might not learn anything because it's Jacksonville and they're one and nine. So, and they have to be very careful to not win a game because they're hoping the Jets slip up and win a game and, and maybe they can get Trevor Lawrence. Um, all right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the afternoon games, New Orleans and Denver. Uh, New Orleans are eight and two, Denver four and six. Uh, this is a 43 and a half point over under. Saints are six-point favorites. They don't have any notable player listed on the injury report, except for if you're, you know, under a rock. Uh, that's probably what uh, where Drew Brees was, and that's how he broke 11 ribs. Um, he's out for the time being. He's on IR. Um, probably not going to see him again for a while if he's got 11 broken ribs. Uh, for the Denver side, Jeff Driscoll has COVID. Uh, he was placed on COVID IR, and another undisclosed player uh, was announced on Friday to have COVID-19. They locked down their facilities, so we'll just wait and see who gets put on COVID IR, and then we'll know who that player is uh, in the serious roundabout way of doing things because HIPAA, it's a HIPAA violation to announce who has COVID-19, but it's not a HIPAA violation to announce who gets put on COVID-19 IR, so you just got to wait for the roster move. Um, so, Evan, in this one, you want to know uh, what are Drew Locke's reads? And I have a question for you. Can Drew Locke's read? Is he illiterate? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm dropping – somebody dropped Tim Patrick in my big money league, so what? I'm going to get him. What? I said what? Yeah. And, and the best is uh, I have so much more – fab than anybody else uh i can spend the i have 167 and the next highest is 74 so i just put in a bid for 75 which will take me down to 92 and i'll still have the most fab so it's it's a no-brainer for this one and then i'm i'm thinking to start now i was thinking to start it until mike uh but i'm weighing i have i might have crowder issues so that's what i'm doing there but uh, in the meantime, what's KJ Hamler doing? Why why did he get targeted like ten times two weeks ago? What's going? I, I, even before Tim Patrick punched the guy in the face, what's going on? Uh, really, it's the punching the guy in the face that makes me want uh, uh, Tim Patrick. You remember the week? You remember the preseason before Brandon? Oh, who's that great wide receiver for Denver? And then went on Brand, to the Jets. Brandon. Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall. You remember you remember before his breakout season, he got in trouble for punching a television, like punching through a television screen. These wide receivers that have that have punching inanimate objects issues tend to tend to break out. I, I like a little crazy in my in my receiver. So I'm watching him. I, 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 if it were me, I would be looking for Tim Patrick first, then Noah Fant. Maybe switch those up based on what, what kind of looks you give. And then look at the Judys and the Hamlets and the Hamlers. Hamlets. His name's Hamlet from now on. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to confirm that. But also, as Jeff pointed out, maybe Drew Log doesn't even have consistent reads. Maybe he just stares his first read down. I mean, the Oakland Ra- the Las Vegas Raiders of Oakland got four interceptions on this guy the other week. This is not, this is not, this is not Dan Marino here. It's not Dan Marino? Stalker, I know. Wait, 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 wait. It's not Dan Marino. All right. 
What? No, it's a common misconception. What? Hold on. Weird is my fo- is, is my Foley work coming through where I'm frantically going through papers? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, Mike, you want to talk about Taysom Hill, which I think is what most people are trying to figure out from, from this one. Yeah, I don't think Taysom Hill's Dan Marino either. Um, Wait, what? Yeah. Jeez, uh, nobody is Dan Marino. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, he, he did, he, he, you know, he'll, he was better than what I expected, but he did throw some ugly passes. Oh, my God. Uh, that one to Emmanuel Sanders was the <laughs> ugliest ball I've ever seen. It was pretty bad. I mean, you you think that, like, Philip Rivers throws some bad passes. You should see the what he'll put out there. If you guys didn't see the game, it, it was pretty bad. Um, just, but, just watch the Emmanuel Sanders 44-yard catch that he only caught because he realized the ball was falling like three yards short before the db did <laughs> yeah exactly exactly because the db that was pretty funny too because the db kept running yeah. like you know he he was like running into the end zone and Emmanuel sanders put the brakes on and to catch it because it was such a uh, duck but um he he did put up 24 fantasy points and again it's not about the the play of the player it's about what they can put on the field as far as fantasy points go and as a quarterback, he'll take those 24 points. Uh, now he has the Falcons, or that was, that was against the Falcons, my mistake. Um, the rushing numbers should be sustainable. I mean, the guy runs, is that that's something that anybody who knows Taysom Hill knows that he can run the ball. And I, I think that 35 yards on the ground against the land is, you know, something doable that he'll probably end up doing again. Uh, and, you know, it, it's... You know, it's going to be difficult. The Broncos defense, they're a bad team, but they do have a pretty solid defense. And two of the past four games, though, uh, quarterbacks have scored at least 28 fantasy points against them. So they could be one of those, as they saw last year, where injuries and just being on the time on the field, it, it wears these guys down. So even though the Broncos have a good defense early on in the season, it's it's coming to that point where you could kind of see it just breaking off where just being on the field as much as they have been and the injuries and it just wears wears them down so this is something Taysom Hill can take advantage of but who knows i mean he could be one of those two of the four that didn't do well so well against the Broncos we'll see i i think it's going to be interesting but i i would solidly pass on him if you're looking for streaming options yeah, I mean, I dropped uh, in my big league. I made the switch. I switched Tua out for Taysom Hill. Not because Taysom Hill's good, but because we've seen, you know, these cheat code at, at quarterback happen before. Cam was doing it this year. Taysom Hill is basically going to be doing the same thing Cam Newton's doing this year, where he's he's a he's a, a an all-time running back on the field who sometimes not like an all-timer, like he's always a running back is what I'm saying, but he'll sometimes throw the football. And that can lead to a lot of fantasy success. So I'm not going to start Taysom Hill, but I picked him up because I was like, I am not going to, because it's a deep bench. I'm like, I'm not going to worry about Taysom Hill being played against me if he's huge. You know, if he, if he, if he balls out huge and, and he doesn't even have to be good for that to happen. So we will definitely see how that goes. And this is the one thing that I'm most interested in this week is, um, is uh, how Taysom Hill plays. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think you should be on your, your, um, streaming a quarterbacks list but i put him like three four 
five. Go out and get, see if Philip Rivers is available. Go out and see Teddy Bridgewater is available before you go and grab on to Taysom Hill. But he's definitely one of those top streaming options. It's just I I would rather have a couple other guys in front of him. Yeah. Oh. Well, uh, on that note, I'm starting Tua and Taysom in our two quarterback riders league. Have fun with that one. Yeah, I, I, I have Lamar Jackson. Not that it's going to be that much better, but I have Lamar Jackson. So, All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right. So let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next game, and that is going to be the 49ers at the Rams. This one is a 44.5 point over-under. Uh, Rams are 6.5 point favorites. Niners are 4-6. and six. Rams are 7-3. and three. Uh, injuries in this one. Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw expected to come off of COVID IR. Um, the following players may be available this weekend for the 49ers. Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Richard Sherman, Brandon Ayuk, maybe. Debo Samuel was cleared to play for this weekend. And um, guys, you know how there's a running, a running uh, tally or running thing of uh, Jeff gets bad 49ers injury news during the podcast? Yep. Here's a new one. I've never seen this happen before. So Tom Compton, who's a swing interior lineman for the 49ers, he has been ruled out for this game because he got a concussion in practice today. In a walkthrough. How do you get a concussion in a walkthrough? Did he did he not realize that the goalposts were lower than what he thought they were and maybe, ran into maybe them? He, yeah, he just kept running and headbutted the, the goalpost. I don't know, but I'm getting so annoyed with these stupid injury. This it's like I dread and I pumped my fist earlier. Cause I got a sleeper notification that Debo was going to be playing in full. And I was going to be like, not this time, this time I'm going to have this whole thing where I don't get weird, bad 49ers injury news during the podcast. But I went and checked Matt Mayoko's uh, Twitter feed, who's their um, kind of the lead beat writer. And guess what? A concussion during a walkthrough. So hopefully no more interior alignment injuries for the 49ers, because uh, then there'll be a problem. And uh, 349, I'm just seeing now, I'm checking Cam Inman. 349ers did not practice with an undisclosed illness today. So Uh-oh. hopefully hopefully that's not COVID, because that would be Dre Greenlaw, uh, uh, Al Shire. Who are two linebackers and Jordan Reed. Uh, so it would be down Ooh. to peanut butter dwelly time. So we'll see. Um, yeah, fun times. Uh, for the Rams, they had two positive tests on Friday that turned out to be false positives. Uh, they, the same people tested negative twice. They were staffers. Tyler Higby did not practice on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, and he's doubtful to play this weekend against the Niners. So if you're going to stream uh, Tyler Higby or if he's your t- tight end, uh, God, I hope not. Uh, you're probably going to be wanting to look somewhere else this weekend. So um, in this one, um, Mike, you want to know if either team will have a top 24 running back emerge? And for the 49ers, I say probably, but good luck figuring out who it's going to be. Yeah, I, I can. Yeah, it might be Debo Samuel or Brandon <laughs> Ayuk. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, you know, I it, it's one of those times where I don't see a lot of lot of points being scored here. Uh, overall, both defenses are pretty tough against each other in all positions. Um, I kind of meant the question. I wrote it out wrong. Is a top 24 running back emerge? I'm talking about, will there probably be any uh, player emerge from either team that might uh, 
produce a top 24, top 12 player, top 12 quarterback, top 12 tight end, and then either top 12 wide receiver or top 12, 24 uh, running back or wide receiver. So, I mean, both of them are top 10 defenses all around, except for the tight end position. Um, and the 49ers are the toughest team against the tight end, while the Rams are 17th. Uh, they allow the 17th most points against tight end. So, peanut butter dwelly time. Peanut butter dwelly time. If it's no Jordan Reed, yeah. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, I'm interested in seeing that. And Evan wants to know if the Rams passing game has figured itself out because they've been coming on lately. A lot less Jared Goof. A lot. Very recently, yes. The last game, both Cooper Cub and Robert Woods had over 20 fantasy points, which was awesome. Uh, the times before then, it was touch and go for uh, the fantasy prospects. So I want to know, Jared Goff, who threw it 51 times, for 376 yards and three touchdowns last week, will do that, or if we'll see Jared Goff, who in week eight threw it 61 times for 355 yards and one touchdown and scored 12 whole fantasy points, which in terms of points per throw has to be close to a record there. Uh, yeah, so that's what I'm watching. And I don't, I don't know why, but I feel like I, I don't root for the Rams, but they're on top of the world with a young quarterback, and they went to the Super Bowl, and ever since then, everything's just been bleh. And so I'm kind of just, I want to see him, and, and this isn't any knock against the Niners, I just want to see him turn it around and keep it turned around. Because I like when teams do well, not when teams utterly start choking. Okay, yeah, so you want to know if the Rams, if, if Cooper Cup and, and Robert Woods can continue to be worthwhile weekly weekly players? Yes, yep, that's the primary gist of it. Hmm. That's interesting because I've had Robert Woods on uh, on most of my teams all year, and I haven't really thought about him as a guy that I take out of my lineup. So that's why I'm kind of curious. I'm looking here. Uh, okay, so he had yeah, a couple. Yeah, that's why I kind of couched it in terms of Jared Goff as well, because you're really not using that information to bench Robert Woods or Cooper Cup. So that's why I kind of took it to that other angle as well, because yeah. yeah. Okay. All right then. Good. Let's move on to the next game then. Uh, Casey, Tampa Bay. Casey, nine and one. Tampa Bay, seven and four. This is a 55 and a half point over under. Chiefs are three and a half point favorites. Uh, Sammy Watkins. Sammy's hammies are better for now. He practiced in full. He should be playing this weekend, uh, which is good because the Chiefs put Byron Pringle on IR with an ankle injury. And their center for the Buccaneers, A.Q. Shipley, suffered a neck injury, which Bruce Arian said might be career ending, which is a scary thing Whoa. to hear. Yeah. Uh, he suffered a really bad stinger, which, you know, stinger is a you know, kind of a cute word for nerve damage um, or nerve impingement. So uh, we'll, he's not we'll, he's not he's not necessarily young either. He yeah, has that, been on a lot of teams. Yeah. So that's one of those things that let's see. A.Q. Shipley. Oh, he was one of your boys. That's why he was. Yep. He went Colts, Ravens, Colts. Then he's been with the uh cardinals for four seasons and yeah now he's on tampa bay so 34 years old wow he got a late start in his career didn't start till he was start playing until he was 26 interesting um ali marpet is questionable with a, a concussion so we'll see if that uh develops if uh, he can be there to protect tom brady but uh in this one uh evan you are looking to see if tampa bay can shut down both kansas city uh running backs yeah boy can't Clyde Edwards-Hilaire owner, sorry he had his blow-up game the week after the trade deadline. 
came because now he plays Tampa Bay, who's literally first in holding teams in terms of average rushing yards per carry and average rushing yards per game. And he's not he's not a sure start. So I'm going to watch if if he gets phased out, if they can do anything with the passing game because they have Le'Veon Bell as well. Uh, that's that's there's not this is this is one of my more this is one of my la- least deep questions of the week because Tampa Bay's run defense is so good and Kansas City has shown that they can just you know pivot to their all-world passing offense. So just watching that and wondering about people asking about CEH advice. We've been telling them to start a lot of semi-mediocre guys over CEH this week, and so that's what I'm watching. Okay, no, that's 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 a good uh, good litmus yeah. test. If CEH can uh, blow up this week, I think it'll be good going forward for him. And you might change that to the three Casey backs because Daryl Williams for the last two weeks is just as many carries as or snaps as uh, Le'Veon Bell. Um, yeah, which, which I don't I don't understand. It makes zero sense to me unless Le'Veon Bell a isn't grasping the offense the way he should or b is not very good yeah i mean it it could be that um yeah he's not grasping the offense which that's bad news for lev bell because um we've seen you know just just random guys who aren't you know aren't haven't had success anywhere else come in and just smash with this andy reed system like uh spencer ware and damian williams and um Who's the other guy? Charkandrick West. Oh, yeah, uh, there he goes. Yeah, yeah just Charkandrick. Yeah. Yeah, that's a name to remember. Uh, just just random Jags off the street uh, who come in and smash in this offense. And if Lev Bell can't do it, that's uh, that's 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 bad. That's not very good. That's a, a far drop for a guy who was one of the best running backs in the league just a few years ago. But that's why they call it not for long, boys, except for. If you're Tom Brady, so Mike, yeah. you want to know if he can be top twelve for the five hundredth week in a row? Yeah, for the five hundredth. Um, well, he definitely wasn't last week, that's for sure. Uh, oh come on, you blew up my joke. <laughs> I guess Tom Brady blew up my joke. <laughs> yeah, he did. He he definitely um, TNT'd that one. Uh, you know, and there a lot of people are talking, and we talked about it too. Is Brady washed up? Um, but. I expect Brady to rebound this week and play like a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Uh, the Raiders, uh, Derek Carr, showed it twice against the Chiefs. And even though Brady has been bad and really bad in primetime games this season, scoring 16 fantasy points or less in three of the four of those games that he's played, but in the daytime, he's been just the opposite. Brady has at least 23 fantasy points in five of seven matchups. And it's talking about the Chiefs. Uh, they have allowed at least 27 fantasy points to players like Teddy Bridgewater, like Derek Carr. Uh, and, you know, as we know, Tom Brady is much better than any of those, especially with the Buccaneer weapons like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. I, I think that Tom Brady is the top 10 quarterback. And, you know, I was talking about waivers uh, and streaming. Tom Brady is out there. I was saying Philip Rivers. I might have spoken too early. I think Tom Brady um, is, you know, if he is out there as one of those streaming quarterbacks, will be the number one streaming quarterback of the week. Is he a streaming quarterback? Does he you fall know, in that I, conversation? 
I, I, I think it depends on the league. Uh, I don't know his ownership, but I could see him being owned in a lot of leagues. I could see him also being out there in a lot of leagues as well. So, 95% rostered. Okay, well, never mind then. Um, <laughs> throw whatever I said about stream quarterbacks out the window. Uh, so, yeah. Well, then Philip Rivers is still the streaming quarterback of the week. There you go. Still st- still with Philip Rivers. So we'll I see mean, about I agree. Um, I agree with Mike. Tom Brady should be a streaming quarterback. He should not be 95% rostered. But that's just the way the public crumbles. That's right. That's the way the cookie crumbles, uh, which Tom Brady won't eat because uh, it's bad for you. So. All right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to Sunday night football. Chicago Bears five and five. Green Bay Packers seven and three. Forty-four and a half point over under. Packers nine and a half point favorites. That line is going to shift wildly because it's not going to be Nick Foles under center. It's going to be Mitchell Trubisky. So what I'm looking for, I'm looking. It's probably going to be a three point favorite for the Bears with this one. I mean, Trubes is a two touchdown. I'm of course kidding. Uh, but Mitchell Trubisky is starting. Nick Foles is doubtful with a hip injury, and the doubtful is kind of a semantics thing because he hasn't practiced all week. Uh, David Montgomery is cleared from his concussion, um, so you know he re-enters that back-end RV2 conversation. Eddie Jackson was placed on the COVID IR by the Bears. For the Packers, MVS is questionable with an Achilles injury slash recovering from being beaten to a pulp by Aaron Rodgers in the locker room. Devontae Adams is doing this thing every week where he doesn't show up for a couple practices, but it's just load management. He has no injury designation for Sunday, so he's good to go. If you saw some reports about him missing practice, that just seems to be his MO for 2020. So, Mike, I mentioned this, but you want to know about David Montgomery potentially being a top 24 running back. Yeah, I didn't know about Aaron Rodgers um, tongue lashing uh, MVS. Oh no, he, I was just me. You know, that's oh, what I, okay. That's what oh. I would do. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. He's uh, actually okay. been very supportive of MVS this year. It's uh, it's been interesting because Aaron Rodgers is this like prickly guy who tends to throw people under the bus, but he's been very supportive of MVS, which is an interesting, uh, I guess, maturation from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, because uh, MVS has shown both sides of the coin, you know, why he should be targeted and why he shouldn't be targeted. And that fumble in overtime, um, I don't even know how he lost that ball. I'm still confused because it was just one of those weird fumbles that don't happen very often, the ball going flying in the air like it did. But anyways, yeah. Uh, so as far as David Montgomery goes, in nine games to date, um, he's logged 131 carries for 472 yards and a touchdown to go with 30 catches for 212 yards and another touchdown. That that touchdown in the air, I think, occurred in like week two, and it was a beautiful score. I mean, he, he really uh, ankle broke a couple of defenders on his way into the end zone. And it's like, well, if he can do that, then why don't you do that more often? Uh, so while Montgomery hasn't been, um, a big source of scoring plays, obviously Bears offense sucks and they've only had, he only has two touchdowns. His volume is what has been keeping him steady, especially since Tariq Cohen has been out. He's getting a lot of receptions and that's, what's keeping him afloat as far as the top 24 back. Uh, I can see it again against the Packers rush defense. It's really bad. So again, get David Montgomery somewhere on in your lineup whether it's flex or an rb slot all right there you hear it so mike's uh thinking that 
he's going to be worth the juice is going to be worth the squeeze on his first game back from his concussion. And with the Packers bad rush defense, tend to agree there. Evan wants to know if this uh, alien lizard person is going to do something this week. Yeah, what's up, dude? Wait, did Jim Morrison's back? What? Jim Morrison is back? Yeah, the Lizard King is back. The Lazard King. Yeah, because we we've been wanting Green Bay to have. A reliable wide receiver, too, since before I was born, practically. And, I mean, it's not like I don't have a thousand team names. I could work around Alan Lazard's name. So, last week he was kind of kind of still coming back from that big injury. But, like, come on, do something. Let's do it. Tell us all that you have a tribe on the moon that controls the Illuminati, at the very least. Let's do something. <laughs> come on. Yeah, and to, to Evan's point, his three games before his injury, Alan Lazard went four for four with 63 yards and a touchdown, uh, three for five with 45 yards, and then in his last game before he got hurt, uh, six for eight, or six of eight, 146 yards and a touchdown. And so he got worked back from injury last week, just two for 18. So hopefully he can uh, step up and do more against the Chicago Bears defense, which will it'll be a big test because the Bears defense is good. So Well, with uh, Eddie Jackson out, it might have a better opportunity. That's a very good point, Mike. I forgot that Eddie. I said that Eddie Jackson's on COVID IR. Yeah, that's a good point. So, um, not as good uh, defense there for the Bears. So, all right, let's go. Ahead, let's move on to the last game we're going to talk about this week, uh, Monday Night Football, because we already talked about Baltimore and Pittsburgh on the bonus pod. So, you you little piggies aren't going to get anything for free. <laughs> I don't know why I called our listeners piggies. <laughs> Seattle seven and three, Philadelphia Eagles three six and one. 50 point over under Seattle, five and a half point favorites uh, for Seattle injuries. Chris Carson was limited. He uh, he's expected to play uh, Greg Olson. We touched on his Achilles last week. Uh, he actually did have a full rupture, which I said, you do have a chance to come back faster. We might see him again this year, four to six weeks. We'll see. Chances are if, if and when Seattle makes the playoffs, if he's going to play, that's when we'll see him. Bo Scarborough is done with for the year with a gnarly looking hamstring injury. And remember Rashad Penny? He might be back. Uh, he's on pup right now. with uh, He uh, tore a bunch of ligaments in his knee. I believe it was the ACL and the MCL uh, towards the end of last year. And uh, he is expected back soon, potentially, off the pup. So um, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully uh, he stays irrelevant for fantasy football because it means Chris Carson finally stays healthy. Uh, for the... Eagles, uh, Lane Johnson's ankle is, uh, in his words, collapsed, and he's done for the year. Zach Ertz has an ankle injury as well. Um, he's on IR, and he's, quote, trending in the right direction to play this weekend. So uh, if you're one of those people that was trying to sneakily get it, uh, some Richard Rodgers love going, uh, you can probably nix that. That's not going to happen for Monday Night Football. And, um, Evan, you want to know if Dallas Goddard will be my new boyfriend. And I thought he was your old boyfriend and your current boyfriend. And, uh, uh, you're off and on. You just keep calling him your boyfriend. No, no, I've always been true to Kenny Galladay. I have never once been unfaithful to my Kenny Galladay. All right. There is no overlap between relationships. I want, I want, I want them to, that to know for the coming divorce proceedings between me and Galladay. Okay. Uh, however, Dallas Goddard. Yeah. Now he's giving my new boyfriend and Unlike the mistake I made with Galladay, I have a prenup planned for, you know, if he gets injured, I don't have that affect my fantasy reputation. You know, I kind of didn't, I kind of didn't stipulate that when I went all in on Kenny Galladay, which is, look, you got to play. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Dallas Goddard looked amazing last game, even before the guard time touchdown. Uh, Ertz is coming back, so I think a lot of people are going to be down on Dallas Goddard. But the reason why... 
I liked Goddard in the preseason is because he looked so much better than Ertz last year. So I have high hopes uh, uh, for Goddard. Uh, Philadelphia is obviously going to have to be throwing the ball. Um, just uh, just let me pull up. Oh, I don't even have the page open. I want to give you stats for Goddard last week. but Five for 77 and a touchdown on six targets. All right. You can do better. What? Then yeah. five for 77 and a touchdown? <laughs> you can get more targets. On six targets? That's a lot I, for a target. I don't blame him. I blame Wentz. Wentz can do better to get the ball to my boyfriend. Okay. All right, fair enough. Um, so that's um, that's uh, Evan wants to know if Dallas Goddard will be his new boyfriend, and Mike, you want to know if Chris Carson is going to be top twelve? So Carson, um, before the injury, scored at least nineteen PPR points in four of his first five games, and in the four games he missed, the Seahawks didn't really miss a beat. They had a running back score at least eleven PPR points in each of those games, including five touchdowns over that time. Uh, Carlos Hyde, I, I think he's going to cut into into Carson a little bit, and you might think, oh no, you know, I, I, we want all the volume we can get. But even with Carlos Hyde healthy and those two playing together in the same backfield, Carson has at least 17 total touches in three of those five games he played this year. So even though Hyde is sort of a threat, he's not really a threat. No, I mean, Carlos Hyde should not be a threat to anything. So, yeah, with Chris Carson back, light him up. Smoke him if you got him, as I like to say. That's a term. That's a phrase I came up with. It refers to cigarettes, and nobody has ever said that before me, and I will not listen to anything to the otherwise. But so, in 1945. Nope. Sorry, Mike. I, <laughs> I declared myself the inventor of that phrase. So, all right. So I am. We already talked about Ravens and Steelers on the bonus pod, so you will not get that for free. Um, let's go ahead. Let's talk about FanDuel and let me do more fully work. Let me crumple up my notes from this week and throw them in the trash. So, all right, Mike, let's talk about FanDuel. FanDuel, where you can go to FanDuel and put in your DFS picks. Thank you very much. Deal with fans. And deal with fans. Oh, no, you can look this week, Mike. It's good. Hideous cor- corpse like it was last week. Over the last two weeks that uh, took yeah, the bronze no, medal a, in. Have a little peek, God. dude. Have a little peek. You, you more than doubled your last week's score. I did I did very well. Thank you. It's the best uh, it's done all I, year. I, I, I like this. Um, and, yeah, I took I took the gold. I, the gold medal is back into my possession where it belongs, where it always belongs, with 166.86 points on the week. Jeff. Ooh, Evan, third place. That's not like you. Uh, I know. Well, Jeff, last week, first place is not like me either. It's been a couple, weird couple <laughs> weeks. <laughs> uh, it's one of those those classes where they throw out the high score and the low score. Um, I was gonna I was gonna suggest we throw out the high score and the low score. Just because yeah, my, yeah, that that would be good for this week because Jeff uh, took middle score at one thirty six point two, and then Evan one twenty two point for uh overall and then overall um i i reclaim first place overall not by much though 1383 to evans 1377 and then jeff jeff still hasn't hit the 1300 mark i i don't oh, know what's going on i really don't six away uh yeah that that doesn't count um uh, as to use your cigar references or smoke them if you got them references. Smoke them if you got them. That's a phrase I came up with just now. 
uh, close is no cigar. Oh, how dare you? Um, so third place there. And yeah, you know, I'll, I'll only five more weeks remaining and I'll take it all. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> all right. Let's talk some fan duel lineups this week. Uh, we will go ahead and start with last week's winner in this one, which is, of course, me. Uh, no, Mike, why don't you go negative. ahead? And give us your, That's your, a negative, sir. Why don't you go ahead and give us your fan duel lineup for this week um, as the reigning victor? And always remaining victor. Uh, so at quarterback, we're going to go with the Bills dude, uh, Josh Allen for 8,600. Running backs, Cream Hunt, Wayne Gallman. I, I thought Cream Hunt was pretty cheap at 66. Wayne Gallman, 5,700 against the Bengals. Jeez. Take that in a second. And then wide receivers, Robbie Anderson. Hopefully, you know, Teddy B goes goes to his favorite target there at 6,400. Calvin Ridley with no – well, maybe Julio Jones play. It's Calvin Ridley still a stat against the Raiders, regardless of the play. 8,100, it's a little expensive than I like, but we'll see what happens. But I also got on the cheap Michael Pittman, who's an up-and-comer. Tennessee defense sucks. Uh, I got him at 5,700 and tight end. Going with Evans, we, Oakland Raiders, Los Angeles Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, whatever they are right now. Darren Waller, 7,100. Flex, Devontae Parker, the only wide receiver the Dolphins have, 6,500. And then still sticking with the Miami's Dolphins defense at 5,000 against the Jets. Jets might score six points. They might not score nothing. We'll see. But that's the lineup. Josh Allen, quarterback, Kareem Hunt, Wayne Gallman, running backs, Robbie Anderson, Michael Pittman, Calvin Ridley, wide receivers, Darren Waller, tight end, Devontae Parker, flex, and the Miami Dolphins defense. Guys, we're starting to think alike. We have a lot of overlap this week. Yeah, I'm starting <laughs> to think you guys took a look at my paper there. Nope. All right, Evan, why don't we talk about your lineup this week? All right, give me Derek Carr against the nothing – Atlanta secondary for 7100 Dalvin Cook for $11 million. Is that right? Oh, no, yeah, $11, it's it's a lot of money. It's 11, I've never, 11, I've never, I can't recall seeing anyone that costs that much. So I'm, I, I, it must be good if it's that expensive. I'm going to fall for that fallacy. Uh, Brian Hill, based on that recent uh, Gurley's Out news, it's only 5100 DJ Moore, literally the only player I'm starting that one of you two is not starting uh, for 7300 Then Devontae Parker for 6500 I like that Jets game. I want to get some people in there. Aguilar for 5200 because it's 5200 And if I have Carr flipping out, well, he's going to be catching rainbows from Carr, right? Uh, Darren Waller for 7100 and then Wayne Gallman, as you mentioned, is a steal at 5700 And give me the Miami Dolphins for $5,000. So, from the top, Derek Carr, Dalvin Cook, Brian Hill, DJ Moore, Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar, Darren Waller, Wayne Gallman, and the Miami Dolphins defense. All right. So, we mentioned there's a lot of overlap. So, I'm just going to say who I am starting that is on other people's teams. Derek Carr on Evan's team. Dalvin Cook on Evan's team, Brian Hill on Evan's team, Robbie Anderson on Mike's team, Darren Waller on Mike and Evan's team. But I'm also starting Kalen Bellage for 5,500 bucks, cheapy, cheapy, and Keenan Allen, 8,200 bucks. I think that Keenan Allen's going to feast this week. And I'm starting, uh, oh, Nelson Aguilar, who's on Evan's team. But the difference is I will be doing the Giants DST against 
Brian Allen, Brian Allen, Brendan Allen, Bob Allen. Did you mean to break my brain by having Balaj on? Did you mean to break my brain by having Balaj on there and then writing Keenan Allen as Kalen? No, <laughs> I, keep, I keep going. It's Kalen Balaj on there twice. Callen and Jalen <laughs> are terms that I use in my home league uh, with with my buddies for Keenan Allen and Josh Allen. So they're Callen and Jalen is is how what we call them. So you see, Mike's if you look in the doc, it says Jalen for Josh Allen. <laughs> it's just it's just how my brain remembers them. But yes, it is a lot like Kalen Balaj. Uh, but yeah, so Carr, Cook, Balaj, Robbie, Kalen, sorry, Callen, Evan, that's for you. Nelson Aguilar, Darren Waller, Brian Hill, and the New York Giants DST. So the good news is, is the things I went on a ledge with, uh, uh, Brian Hill felt a little iffy. Darren Waller was a smash. So that's going to even out. And uh, hopefully, Evan, we don't cannibalize each other and just let Mike win again, which is, I think, what will happen. Even if you guys cannibalize each other, there's no there's no chance of you guys beating me. It's just It's just the way the cookie crumbles. We'll yeah, so. each other. I'll cannibalize everybody. Okay. Get well, on that, well, on that note, uh, Evan is not full from Thanksgiving. He's going to start eating people. So we'll go ahead and end this, <laughs> end this podcast. Um, if you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. Uh, if you don't like what you heard, just subscribe. If you want to go ahead and join the conversation, we do have a Discord at tiny.cc slash F as in Frank, B as in boy, absurdity. And um, if you want to go ahead and get the answers to these questions, I've referenced it a couple times, uh, patreon.com slash footballabsurdity. We do have an episode that comes out on Tuesdays. So thanks for listening, everybody. I hope everybody's having a great Thanksgiving Day weekend. If you're not, at least your weekend is going better than the Ravens. So for Mike, for Evan, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening, and you have a good one. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. More like COVID-19, folks. <laughs>